Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends. So, it's been a minute, my bad, a lot's been going on, but I wanted to make sure that I got back because this is such a cathartic space for me. So I hope everyone has been doing well in their spaces, wherever you are. But today, um, I'll say this, while I like these um, interviews and I like my commentary to be sort of timeless, this one can be and it's not. So we're going to talk about voting today. (laughs) Yes, voting, the thing that people are excited about or it's giving them angst right now. Um, We are in a very interesting place in our country's history. And it's not to say we've never been in interesting places before. Um, We're America. So, you know, we do this. (laughs) We do the interesting place on a a daily basis, right? Um, But every four years, we have the opportunity to elect a president. And there are a couple things I want to go through from a logistical standpoint and a factual standpoint, but then there are some other things I want to just mention from a biblical standpoint, if you will. So follow me here. We're going to talk about this voting thing. So everything I'm about to say can be Googled, and I actually encourage you to do so, especially because the election is like right around the corner. So number one, you know, you make sure that you check your polling place. And I'm in Pennsylvania, but you can do this by going to your state's website, wherever you are across the country, right? Um, Number two, if you plan to vote using an absentee or mail-in ballot in the 2020 general election held on November the 3rd, your completed application must be received in the county office by 5 p.m. on October 27th. And that deadline might be different wherever you are. So you just want to check that out. Um, But to return your absentee or mail-in ballot, it has to be in by 5 p.m. on November the 3rd. Okay, so just check that wherever you are. Number three, the following offices will be on the ballot in the 2020 general election. Now, some of this is national, but again, I'm in Pennsylvania, so I'm going to give you the PA stuff. So, of course, it's the president of the United States, and you all know who we're, you know, who's on that ballot, right? Um, Then there's all 18 PA seats in the U.S. House of Representatives, all 203 seats in the PA House of Representatives. Um, Odd-numbered districts in the 50-seat PA Senate, the Attorney General, Auditor General, and Treasurer of Pennsylvania. So, again... I keep saying it, but if you're not in Pennsylvania, just check with your state and local government sites for more information on which offices are on the ballot for you. And trust me, we're voting for more than the president in our respective states and local municipalities. So this election is so much bigger than the two that we have to choose from. This has to do with things that are happening in our our communities that we actually do have some control over. So number four, in my area, there are ballot questions that are listed specifically for Philadelphia voters, and there are four of them. And three are proposed changes to the city's home rule charter, and one is a bond question. Again, check with your local government to see if they have any um, 
any questions that you have to answer for your local municipality. But for us here in Philadelphia, it's regarding the following. Number one, stop and frisk. The question is whether or not to amend the Philadelphia Home Rule Charter so that it sets forth a statement that calls upon the police department to end the practice of unconstitutional stop and frisk. And you know stop and frisk has been a large conversation across the nation, but it definitely has been a big one in Philadelphia. So there's that question. Question two, victim advocate. The question is whether or not to amend the Philadelphia Home Rule Charter so that it establishes an office of the victim advocate to advocate for victims of crimes. Number three, police commission. Question is whether or not to amend the Philadelphia Home Rule Charter to provide for the creation of a Citizens Police Oversight Commission. And then number four, the question is whether or not to authorize the city to borrow $134 million for capital purposes. This was like the quick and dirty version of these questions. There's a little more to it. If you take some time and do a little research, you'll find some there's some background on why there's an interest in having these things either come to fruition or make them more permanent or get rid of them altogether. So you have the opportunity to make a decision on that, right? And all of this can be found on our local website, Committee of 70, which is 70-S-E-V-E-N-T-Y.org. Okay, so I am done with all the particulars on the voting piece. Let me get into the essence of Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, because we talk about um, our ordinary experiences, well, as, as ordinary people, you know, in this world dealing with an extraordinary God and what he calls us to do and be. So while the particulars are important, um, I do want to also say that it is no secret that the presidential election is contentious. Call a spade a spade. It's almost like we are literally at odds and you're either on one side or the other. And Quite honestly, I think many of us would resonate with the statement I'm about to make. We are not interested in this process because because it builds up such angst and tension. I don't like that kind of stuff, but you know you learn how to deal with it. But it does not mean that I'm not involved in the process. I may not like the energy around it, but I will still get involved in it. And I know that there are a lot of us that feel the same way. So... In any case, there's so much that impacts who was elected. And while I believe my vote counts, especially in these um, local spaces, which for me are even more important than anything else, I am clear that the president and vice president are not elected by the people. And I think people get hung up on that because it's all that we see. And the truth is, it's ultimately up to the electors that make up the electoral college. And I can go deeply into that, right? But I'll say a couple of things. Um, choosing each state's electors is a two-part process. And first, the political parties in each state choose slates of potential electors sometime before the general election. And then second, during the general election, the voters in each state select their state's electors by casting their ballots. And this happens during the election. So when the voters in each state cast votes for the presidential candidate of their choice, they are voting to select their state's electors. Follow that. The potential electors' names may or may not appear on the ballot below the name of the presidential candidates, depending upon election procedures, ballot formats in each state. 
and to win the election, a candidate must receive a majority of electoral votes. We know that. In the event no candidate receives a majority, the House of Representatives chooses the president and the Senate chooses the vice president. But the president and vice president are not elected directly by the citizens. And this is why many people disengage from the process during a presidential election. And I'm stating this because I want everybody that's listening to understand I get it. (laughs) I get it. I've heard these conversations a lot. I've heard it in the boardroom, the hood, the school, all of it. Just in passing at the Chinese store, it doesn't matter. Whenever there's a presidential election, that's all you hear. And then you hear, well, we don't elect the president anyway. And you're right. You're right. I've even had conversations with myself and others around, who the heck are these electors? <laughs> right? So it's a, it's a valid question. It's a valid sentiment. I get that. But I'm going to keep coming back to this local thing because what gets lost, and I believe that's by design, it gets lost that there are other people, there are other political offices that matter to what happens to us on a daily basis. President, vice president, you know, they have their level of influence, right? But the people I get to elect are my Congress people, my senators, my state reps, my judges, um, my treasurers. We had a city commissioner elections at one point. Like there are so many council people, ward leaders. We vote on so many people in offices that affect us locally, that affect the things that happen with zoning and how our money is spent in a city or a town. Um, They make decisions on how money is allocated for our school districts. These are the people like your vote actually matters, (laughs) right? Like for real, I could go in there and, and hit the vote for Tom Ford. I like his perfume. <laughs> Throw the time for it for U.S. Uh, the U.S. Um, state representative. Oh my gosh, I'm like fumbling over these words today. But you get what I'm saying. Vote for this guy, and Janelle voted for him, right? And it actually counts towards the votes for Tom. And those things really, really matter because while we understand that we have little control over the president's election. Although we can influence it, we have little control over it, that cannot be the reason we turn our backs to the election, right? Specifically this year. And I think that that's every year. Every year we have an opportunity to vote. Do it. <laughs> like, do it. Take time to get to know the candidates and your areas. And if nothing else, what this has shown us is how important it is for us to understand what each office does again we you know Americans we have we we have a, a privilege of not having to know so much it works against us <laughs> but you know we're born here so a lot of our history and functions like we don't some of us know it very well some of us do not know it very well some of us just kind of like ah eh, whatever and that is a privilege to be able to function in life and not understand like this is how this this is how this government is actually supposed to operate and this is who does what and this is how I can hold 
these particular people accountable while I'm living my daily life, while I'm going to work and going back, you know, whether it's an email or a phone call or getting involved in the campaign or contacting the office and seeing, you know, what do you what do you have and being able to pass it out to um, your neighbors and such or whatever. But I set up the information in the beginning to really try and lay the foundation that so much happens in our state and local government that matters to us. And as I mentioned before, and I'm going to say it again, funding for schools, budget allocations, agencies, resources, shaping of neighborhoods. I talked about loaning. And I can add so many other things that are impacted by the people placing those offices. And so I encourage you. You still have some time to research your candidates. Um, and today, at least here, you got one more day (laughs) to go and do early voting. Um, but you also still have time if you've gotten your mail-in ballot or absentee ballot to actually send it in and be an active participant in electing your government. So here's the thing about, um, the Lord and all of this, (laughs) um, because I don't only encourage you from the political resource system standpoint, but we do have a real spiritual biblical requirement when it comes to engaging in voting. Matthew 25 verse 40 says, the king will answer whatever you did it for any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seemed, you did it for me. Whenever you did it for any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seemed, You did it for me. Our service in this life is for all and especially to those who do not have a voice, nor can exercise the right that we have in voting. Think about that. There are unborn children. There are children in your household, children in your neighborhoods. The elderly may not be able to get out and and exercise their vote like they used to. Um... There are people who are disconnected from the process as well, who can't engage, you know, um, a lot has changed around whether or not people who have had um, criminal records can engage. And there have been some provisions made for them. And that's awesome. That wasn't always the case. So there are people who are left out, disengaged, can't engage. um, And some that just honestly feel totally disenfranchised, hopeless. And your vote and your participation can actually speak for them. And to put people in office that are going to serve them, serve those small business owners, serve those people, you know, the allocations for school districts and educational programs and um, have integrity when they're managing budgets for the cities and the, in the state. Um, Pay attention to how the funding, like the funding structures and how money's appropriated, where it goes. Um, And I'm not just speaking for the things that impact me, but there are things that impact people who I care about, whether they live in the city, the suburbs or rural areas. Um, So many of our issues are intertwined with one another and your vote matters not only to 
those people, but Matthew talks about it. Whenever you did it for any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seemed, you did it for me. You spoke for those people that couldn't speak for themselves. You made an effort for people who could not speak for themselves. And I'm I'm watching it happen around our city where there are people who are literally advocating for something they know nothing about, but they understand these people cannot speak for themselves right now. So I'm going to speak for them. And I want to say thank you to those who are constantly advocating and on the front lines and um, doing the work that's not glamorous. But part of that unglamorous work is going to those polls. So with that being said, I love you. I thank God for you. (laughs) And I pray, I pray, I pray that your election day is uneventful. You're able to go in and do what you got to do and raise your voice. That every single vote will be counted. There'll be no shenanigans. Okay. But that we all understand that regardless of what happens on the third, that we are the leaders that we've been looking for. It's always in us. And no matter what they decide to do, we always have a choice in what we do in our communities, in our ministries at home, and in the places in which God places us. Enjoy yourself. I'll talk to you soon.